please pray with me. God of grace, let the words that are spoken and the words that are heard be blessed by you, the living word. Amen. There could hardly be a more perfect scripture for a communion Sunday. It is later in the day on that first Easter, the day of Jesus' resurrection. Two of Jesus' followers meet the resurrected Christ as they walk toward the village of Emmaus, but they don't recognize him. They don't recognize him from their conversation. They don't recognize him when he interprets for them the events of the past three days. They invite him to stay with them, still not knowing who he is. But then, the scripture tells us, he was at the table with them. He took bread and broke it and blessed it and gave it to them. And then they recognized him. Then they were able to proclaim the good news of the resurrection. Food is so fundamental to human existence. No wonder the simple act of feeding and being fed can make Christ's presence real and visible for us. I wonder if the folks who receive vegetables or fruits from Grace Garden feel that living presence of Christ as they are given food. I wonder how many of us feel the presence of the living Christ as we gather for a Tasty Tuesday or Welcome Wednesday dinner. Surely our special offering last week for Freedom from Hunger and Heifer Project helped the living presence of Christ live in our world as we did a bit to feed the hungry. The resurrection is good news still today, and we continue to proclaim it every time we see new life emerge from unlikely places, every time we find hope against the odds, and every place the living Christ is real in our world. Surely, circumstances of poverty are an unlikely place for new life to emerge. Poverty can well be a dead end, the cause of dead-end lives for people who come from poverty. But as in all times and places, God brings forth new beginnings where we might expect dead ends. In this Easter season, I'm telling real stories that demonstrate new beginnings, new life, and hope that comes out of hardship. Kwabena Darko's Life is That Kind of Story, the children's book One Hen that I read a bit of, tells a story that is loosely based on his life. Kwabena Darko was born to poor working-class parents in a small town in central Ghana. His father died when he was a young child, and his father had been the family breadwinner. With his mother left to raise five children on her own, his family suddenly became very poor, and Kwabena had to start buying and selling things to pay his school fees and to help support the family. Times were hard, resources were scarce, and there were many mouths to feed. On many occasions, the family wasn't sure where their next meal was coming from. Kwabena remembers seeing his mother up sewing until 2 a.m. when she had to get up again at 4 a.m. to get the kids up and ready for school. She would then spend long days in the market selling the things she had sewn. Eventually, Kwabena had to drop his schooling down to just part-time in order to devote more time to his trading activities to help support the family. 
In the course of time, his mother remarried. Darko tells the story that a visiting missionary left his father a book on poultry raising. His stepfather didn't read it, but Kwabena read the whole book. And so, when the missionary then sent Darko's stepfather 100-day-old chicks, Darko was ready to help care for them. With all that he had learned from reading that one book on poultry, Darko worked to his establish the Ghana's first poultry farm, along with his stepfather. Poultry became an absolute passion for him. He says that some nights he would sleep with the hens because he could hardly tear himself away. Darko went on to win a scholarship to study agriculture in general and poultry in particular in college in Israel. He returned to Ghana and continued his, to hone his skills in farming. He left his stepfather's business and set out on his own. He had saved $1,000. He had a strong personal faith and a dream that many thought was impossible. He bought a three-acre parcel of land for $50 in April 1966. But Darko needed a loan in order to pursue his dream, his dream of a poultry business of his own. The bank turned him down. They thought he was too poor and too, therefore too risky, and that agriculture was too common a pursuit, not worthy of their investment. But Darko was persistent, and he continued his appeals until he was able to speak with the bank manager. Finally, he was granted a loan. With that first loan, he bought 900 chicks. Darko says about that first loan, I often tell people that when I was young and struggling, somebody gave me a chance. As his poultry business increased, Darko founded the Mustard Seed Trust so that he could give loans to others. He says, I am the largest producer of chickens and baby chicks in this country, because someone cared. All I want to do now is to be part of something that gives young people the same chance to succeed. In 2006, Mustard Seed gave microloans to more than 50,000 people in Ghana, most of which went to support small household business enterprises. Darko had a long-standing Christian faith. One year, a young evangelist came to town on a mission Darko was asked to drive the evangelist back and forth from his hotel. During this week-long meeting, Darko noticed the difference between the ministers of the gospel in Ghana and these foreign missionaries who came. The foreign missionaries were well-dressed and appeared well-fed. The ministers of Ghana were poor and often hungry. He says he feels that the Lord gave him a vision to use his passion for poultry science to build a profitable business so that he could offer financial support to Christian ministries. One of his multiple focuses has been supporting orphanages. Today he says that other industrialists often question the wisdom in doing what they see as throwing money away. But Darko responds by saying, any decision which helps me obey the Lord, is a good decision, a good business decision. He sees himself as a steward of God's business and spends his free time on volunteer work and philanthropic activity. 
Darko's Mustard Seed Trust is now a part of Opportunity International, which is one of the world's largest microfinance organizations. He's considered one of the top microfinance success stories and works tirelessly across Africa to share his story, to motivate others, and to teach business management. Looking back, he says, There were many mornings my mother woke up and did not know how she was going to provide food for her children that evening. My mother and I each worked almost 20 hours a day, so my siblings and I could eat just a little bit of food every day. Today, our farm is one of the largest in West Africa, and we've been able to employ hundreds of people from our community and help them provide for their families. Surely, when a family is provided for and able to eat, the living Christ is present. The hope and new life of Kwabena Darko's story doesn't end with him. Because of his commitment to microloans, the hope that Kwabena Darko has lived continues to spread, to offer new possibilities to countless poor families in Ghana. Here is how Opportunity International, which has now enfolded the Mustard Seed Trust, expresses the commitment to microloans. Opportunity International is motivated by Jesus Christ's call to love and serve the poor. We serve all people, regardless of race, faith, ethnicity, and gender. Just as some organizations are called to provide disaster relief or build houses or churches, Opportunity International has been called to bring hope and economic security to the poor through microfinance. Some clients ask why we care so much about helping them transform their lives. At these times, we share our motivation and desire to emulate the Good Samaritan, whose compassion crossed ethnic groups and religions. We operate under this spirit of inclusion in everything we do. Jesus' followers recognized the risen Christ among them when Jesus took the action of breaking bread and sharing it. Today, we too recognize the promise and presence of new life through certain actions, actions that feed the poor, that create hope out of hardship. Sometimes a concrete ministry is the most accessible sign of God's unconditional love. May God bless every ministry that fosters hope and new life in our world today. Amen.